got a lot tied up inside Got Jesus on your mind And a boy that just won't fight Baby, it's a grind And this your bitter life Nothing just won't do The girl pleads The woman needs a wedding ring That bird won't sing Conversation rocks. And hey, I'm still Todd in Los Angeles. <laughs> All right, so is it okay to punch a Nazi? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> just, just look at Germany, <laughs> right? You go do that shit in Germany, they fuck you up, right? You know, right? Very go... recently, actually. Right? Yeah, it, it is against the law to do that shit in Germany. And I'm kind of thinking that it is a reasonable limit. I, I hate to say reasonable limit, but it seems like a reasonable limit on freedom of speech. Just like not being able to, you know, go into a crowded theater and yell fire. I, I think that's fair. I, so to catch everybody up, I was telling Todd that I got really, really bummed out yesterday because one of the Buddhist groups that I belong to on Facebook kind of devolved into this whole basically hateful, racial, fascist, anti-fascist, conservative, liberal conversation, which is really bizarre because this Buddhist group is very liberal, generally speaking. And it, it all kind of started out with, is it okay to punch a Nazi? And I was telling Todd that I had, early on in the conversation, there was valid stuff about self-defense versus violence versus, you know protesting fascist movements and kind of where that all fits in Buddhist Dharma. There was legitimate conversation, but it devolved very quickly and I had to tap out. Yeah. Cause the thing is, is that you're a Nazi. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, this goes to the whole thing, right? You know, there are no good Nazis. Sorry. Just if you're a Nazi, you're not good. End well, of discussion. And it kind of goes back to those whiny little dudes we were talking about last week who were being doxxed by that site on Twitter, by that handle on Twitter. You know, okay, so it's probably not cool to dox somebody, but it, at the end of the day, they marched at a Nazi rally with tiki got... torches and no masks. Yeah, and, and fuck you <laughs> for the tiki torches. Like... Right? <laughs> <clears throat> Man... Now I gotta go redo my backyard plans to not include tiki <laughs> torches. I'll have to send you like a really cool Alaskan fire pit or something. There you go. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, but yeah, I mean, if you go out and spew hate in this country, you have to accept that there's gonna be some repercussions. Like you're gonna end up looking like a little bitch on Vice if you haven't seen <laughs> Charlottesville on HBO. The Vice special, you gotta go check that out. I totally need to watch that because, of course, I've seen all of the stuff about the crying Nazi, but I haven't actually sat down and watched the actual episode of Vice. So, was, Vice really News, good. right? Is that what it is? Yeah, it's Vice News. It's uh, just, it was a Vice News special. Which actually was something that they didn't really plan on having up as quickly as they did because they didn't expect Charlottesville to go the way that it did. Right. Plus, they they've got to get it together and out so they could publish it. Plus, they got way better technical support. Sure, that, then, <laughs> then this conversation rocks. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> true. Maybe we need to contact out with HBO. <laughs> oh, hey, there you go. <laughs> I will get a hold of my personal BFF, Jon Snow, and ask him to contract us out to HBO. There you go. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, um, Nazis being able to punch a Nazi. I mean, just if you're gonna go out there, if you're gonna go out there and preach hate and nationalist propaganda, 
white supremacy and all of it, you should be expecting to get hit every once in a while. Um, well, let's get, let's just launch right into preaching hate then, because that's kind yeah. of where we started. So yeah. Todd sends me this text after the Arizona rally and says, this dude, we've got to talk about this dude. Oh my God. <laughs> so why don't you tell everybody who this dude is? Michael the Black Man. I'm, I'm not making this shit up. Yeah, a.k.a. <laughs> Michael Simonette, Maurice Woodside, and Michael Israel, depending on what point in his life you catch him. But now he is just Michael the Black Man. Right. And honestly, Michael's probably got some mental issues. That's but... kind of what I was thinking. I was like, ooh, this is like so he shows trauma up history, the... mental health issues. Yeah, he shows up, you know, there we are being our amateur armchair psychologist. <laughs> Something hey, that I do trauma informed like, work every so, week, so sure, sure, but something something an IT guy with a political science degree <laughs> has absolutely all the qualifications <laughs> for, you know. Let me tell you what your mental state is. <laughs> so having said all that, please take everything with a grain of salt. But the thing with Michael is that he shows up at these uh GOP and Trump rallies. Um this is and, the dude in the background wearing the Blacks for Trump t-shirt. T-shirt. And and also he's, his shirts always say gods2.com. So we Did decided go to go to go take a look <sighs> at gods2.com and wow. I I mean if you just substitute the word Jew with the word Cherokee then you know everything you need to know about Michael the Black Man and where he's coming from. The Cherokees are keeping the blacks down. <sighs> Not only that, okay, so I'm just gonna go there. I, this freaked me out, man. So he claims that Bill Clinton and John McCain can be traced back to the Cherokee tribes. And if you actually look at his website, there are multiple other politicians of all ilk that he says are part of the Cherokee tribe. That you're right. I mean, basically, he calls them the real slave masters. They were the original slavers. And while I'm not going to claim to be completely up on Cherokee history, that doesn't jive too much with my general understanding of... The Trail of Tears? <laughs> yeah. You know, Native American history. Wilma and... Mankiller? <laughs> yeah. I mean, just saying. Not sure exactly where Cherokee were ever on top enough to be responsible for whatever the fuck this guy is claiming. But I think this is the thing is that this guy this guy is not only showing up at these rallies, but they're taking pictures with him. He's prominently Trump, featured. And he's prominently featured. And he got called it? out right by Trump right before the election. Hey, look at this guy with the Blacks for Trump sign. This is awesome. Keep an eye on this guy. Yeah. Yeah, and then one of the GOP guys in Florida, you know, said, oh, yeah, I saw you with Trump, you know, so he's already got legitimacy. Um, That would be Governor Rick Scott. Thank you for clarifying that. Yes. That was at a party in Mar-a-Lago in July for the GOP of Palm Beach's Lincoln Day Dinner. So, I mean, it turns out that this guy is a conspiracy nut job that makes Alex Jones look pretty good. That's so funny. I was thinking the same thing when I was looking at his website. Yeah, oh my God. His website is virtually unintelligible. But here's here's the thing that I think is interesting. Everything on his website links to a YouTube video or another to where he must have at some point put up these rants that you know would explain everything he's talking about. But YouTube is actually taking them all off for violating their hate speech clause. So he's okay. effective. When you he piss effective. off YouTube... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's effectively that guy. And, you know, so I would just say to, uh, once again, to President Trump, what the fuck? And, you know, again, there's just no getting control around Trump, you know? It raises a lot of questions for me. So it raises a lot of questions about appropriate optics, which we know Trump is not very good at. It, it raises questions about how do they vet the people in their crowd? Um, how do they control their crowd? Why is this guy so prominently featured in so many of their rallies? This was a Trump 2020 rally in Arizona. Um, yeah, and, and by the way, why are we having Trump 2020 rallies in 2017? Right? <laughs> 
Just saying. Well, and uh, so who was oh. it? Um, Washington Post, which is the article that you texted to me, they actually contacted Sarah Huckabee Sanders and said, what's the deal with this Blacks for Trump guy? And she wrote back, and this is a quote in the article, you would have to contact the campaign. <laughs> right, because, because it's also clear that this is a campaign thing, which means the White House technically has nothing to do with it, which is why there was that whole thing with Ben Carson being there. You know, some people were objecting to Ben Carson being there because it looks like he was campaigning while on the job. Right. Unlike um, Steve Mnuchin and his grotesque wife at the at the uh, Fort Knox viewing of the eclipse, we'll go there eventually. <laughs> I actually, I think you just got to check out this week's Bill Maher and you get everything you need. Right, right, right. <laughs> Although, actually, you have to um, check out this week's episode of Love It or Leave It. Leave it or love it, love it or leave it. I think it's love it or leave it. It's a podcast that's loosely affiliated with Pod Save America. And they actually had an actress reading this tweet. And her breathy, somewhat hypersexual interpretation of this woman's tweet was perfect. God. All right. And for anybody who didn't notice, didn't know this, it turns out that the Secretary of the Treasury, Mnuchin, is married to a Swedish actress. Swedish, right? I don't know. I didn't look at her history that much. I just read the tweet and was totally grossed out and then read the response and was like, yay, what a perfect response. Yeah. And so she was bragging about being able to fly on a government plane with her husband and stuff and how rich she is and look at all the great stuff she has. And when somebody pointed out that they were just happy as hell that we got to pay, we the taxpayers got to pay for her to. Right. A mom of three in Oregon said, I'm happy that all of us taxpayers got to pay for this. This woman lost her fucking mind and called, called her out for basically being one of the takers. And, you know, her and her, Mnuchin and Mnuchin's wife. You know, have given up so much, have sacrificed so much for this country. I'm like, honey, you're not even from this country. Right. No, and and the way that she attempted to humiliate and demean this mom of three from Oregon was was pretty grotesque. Yeah, so. But back to Michael, the black man. (laughs) (laughs) So the other stuff that I wanted to say, because I was talking about optics and vetting and that kind of stuff. And I think things that our three listeners should know. Um, So this guy was part of a black supremacist religious cult in Miami, Miami, back in the 80s. And he followed this guy. What what was that? Right. (laughs) Well, I was. But God, did you really have to out me on the podcast? Jeez. (laughs) Anyway, he followed this guy named Yahweh Ben Yahweh. And this cult, headed up by Yahweh Ben Yahweh, called Barack Obama the Beast. They said Hillary belongs to the KKK and Oprah is the devil. (laughs) Which is true, right? Yeah, sure. (laughs) But the thing that's even more important about vetting this guy who calls himself Michael the Black Man is that in the 1990s, he was charged with conspiracy to commit murder with this cult. And he was actually believed to be complicit in two murders, so much so that his brother testified him, testified against him in one of the cases. Yeah. And then he was ultimately acquitted. And oh, by the way, the cult was also, the 14 members were arrested by the FBI for racketeering, conspiracy to commit murder, and firebombing. Right. <laughs> so they, these aren't nice people. No. No. And I guess that it, I mean, we don't all get to associate with whom we choose. I will give Trump a little bit of credit there, or we don't all get to choose with whom we associate. Maybe that's a better way to phrase it. But he's got like the highest paid vetting squad in the world. Right. There are people who should be vetting his crowds going, not you. Yeah, I, but you know person of color in a shirt saying, hey, I support Trump, right? Right, you know, right. Going to get you in every single time. That guy yeah. and and uh, Ben Carson, and that's all he needs. Yeah, absolutely. And Omarosa, they have to trot Omarosa, trot her out every now and then because she's a woman and she's a woman of color. 
she's just. <laughs> she... <laughs> Sorry. She's just a moron. Well, aren't most of them? Yeah, but it just. You're a reality television star. You know, what the fuck? <laughs> She's a reality television star who, I didn't know this because I don't watch Trump's stupid show, and I never did. Yeah. She didn't even make it to the end of the season she was on. <laughs> no. No, she did not. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, anyway so... so this guy, Michael the Black Man, he's scary, and he certainly has the potential for for violence, I think. Well, I would make some crack about the Secret Service not doing their job, but it turns out the Secret Service is no longer getting paid. So you can't you know? blame them. So I can't blame them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> oh, I would point out a couple of other things, because this was just an interesting little hole to Wonderland that I went down. So apparently another guy that this guy, Michael the Black Man, attacks is KKK leader Asa Earl Carter. So I was like, who the heck is that? If I'm going to talk about this guy, at least to know, need to know a little bit about him. Well, he's a 1950s KKK leader who actually is the guy who co-wrote George Wallace's speech where he said segregation now, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever. Yeah. Well, so basically, I don't know where this fits in the whole cos cosmology of Cherokees being the real slave masters, but it turns out that this is a guy that Michael the Black Man frequently cites as being one of the terrible Cherokee slave masters. And I was like, why is this a big deal? Well, then I read further. This guy's alias was Forrest Carter. Do you remember who Forrest Carter was? No, I had no idea. The guy who wrote the outlaw Josie Wales. Ah, well... Which, if you really wanted to go down Alex Jones' conspiracy rabbit hole, that's where Clint Eastwood comes in. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. All right, so he wrote The Outlaw Josie Wales, which was later turned into a Clint Eastwood movie. Mm-hmm. And then Clint Eastwood went crazy and started talking to chairs at the GOP convention. It's all connected, I'm sure. I'm being snarky. I'm being totally no, snarky. no, I, I know, and I'm just, I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm just, just not getting there today. <sighs> Sorry. So a but couple, yeah. I know, I there's more to talk about, but I wanted to say a couple more things about Michael the Black Man. I'm sorry, you said you didn't want to go there, and I was like, I, I, I read a lot this morning. Um, so Talking Points Memo actually interviewed him a couple of days after Arizona, after the Arizona rally. And he denies any formal relationship with Trump. He denies any ongoing contact with Trump staffers. And he says that his whole purpose is to promote white and black unity so God doesn't kill us with fire. Which I'm sure he believes all that. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, at least the guy's doing what he believes, I suppose, right? I don't right. Know. But then, so, yeah. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, now, now I'm just looking. I'm just thinking about the outlaw Josie Wales. Oh, how funny! <laughs> and uh, well, I guess I'll have to take that movie off my list of westerns I enjoyed. Well, that I mean, that was un quite sadly kind of my conclusion too. I mean, I remember friends really liking um, Forrest Carter as an author, and then when I realized who it was this morning, I was like, oh God. Well, the thing is, is that, I mean, apparently there's a whole series about the rebel outlaw, Jesse Wales, right. blah, 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 you know, so, I mean. He actually it, wrote quite a bit. Right, so I'm sure that it gets way more white supremacist. I, you know, I don't know, I can't honestly say. Confederate, Confederate apologist, you know. Oh my god, we may have to do a book review. Fuck no. <laughs> Let me be clear. If I'm going to review a book, I'm going to review a book that, that you, know, you want to read. Yeah, that will be worth reading. Oh, my God. Shout out to my old friend, Buddha Sam, who, under the name Samuel Winburn, published a book, his first book ever, and it's called The Ten Directions, and it is a science fiction novel. Okay. So shout out to Sam. I don't think he listens, but boy, if you... If you want to give 10 bucks on Amazon for a Kindle book to a good soul... Highly recommend it. I downloaded it, haven't started reading it yet. 
You're supposed to say you downloaded it and it's the best thing you've ever read. No, I can't say that yet. But I yeah, love I Sam, and Sam is a good human, and he'll do good works with his money, so... There you go. All right. So okay, we're 30, other we're Arizona 30, news, right? We're 30 minutes in. I know, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't we think we're 30 minutes into recording, I think we're 30 minutes into talking. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. If that makes okay. you feel any better. It makes me feel a lot better, actually. <laughs> oh, my God, we didn't just spend 30 minutes on Michael the Black Man. No, we, okay. spent, we spent 19 minutes and 30 seconds on Michael the Black Man uh, with a detour uh, to, Seth, to Mnuchin and his wife. Yep. All okay, right, so... and in other Arizona news, Wednesday night, Donald Trump hinted at pardoning Joe Arpaio. Yeah, so the interesting thing is, of course, is that he was doing this... this uh, I don't know, t- t- uh, trailer, this tease trailer, you know, for uh, he's going to a, going to a pardon sheriff job. And then, of course, he waits till Friday night in the middle of a hurricane to actually do it. Well, and I you would know, just like to say, because you're not on Facebook anymore, you missed my post, which said, great way to hide your transphobia and your racism. Pardon Joe Arpaio in the middle of a hurricane. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, it didn't work, right? Right. It, they, it, he did not successfully hide it. Is that what you're saying? No. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this has been all over the news. Um, so, in a nutshell, Joe Arpaio, who is the sheriff of Maricopa County, which is... Uh, who was the sheriff of Maricopa County. Right. For 25 years. Uh, it's That's the Phoenix, greater Phoenix area. Uh, he was convicted fed, on federal charges for contempt of court orders telling him to stop profiling brown people. Right. And Which he apparently to... he did for essentially his whole time in office. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I remember uh, hearing about this dude back in the 90s. I totally remember hearing about him. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, this guy's been a pain in the ass forever. We were all quite happy when he was actually arrested and, you know, on charges because he was breaking the law. But uh, apparently... For our president, that's, you know, inconsequential. So Trump on Friday showed us exactly what we've been talking about with the pardoning process, which is if it's fe- if it's a federal thing, the president can pardon you at is any it? point. Yes. Anytime, anywhere, uh, because Arpaio had been convicted but had not even been sentenced yet. So can I tell people a little bit about the court case? Sure. Because I thought this was interesting. So it it's started in 2007. The case actually went to the courts in 2007. I'm not exactly sure when the unlawful stop happened. But Arpaio and some of his deputies actually stopped this guy who was a legal Mexican tourist in the United States. He was legally here. He was riding as a passenger in a car that went by a place where day laborers often gathered. They were stopped. He was detained for nine hours. And so he filed a lawsuit against Maricopa County for illegal detention. And it ultimately turned into more than just a case about illegal detention. It also turned into a case about um, racial profiling and specifically profiling people who looked like they were of Latin descent. Here's the stunning number. So Maricopa County, as of two th- early 2017, has paid out $56 million just in this case. That doesn't count any of the other settlements that they have, have done around Joe Arpaio and his activity. So I was listening to this podcast. I was telling you this before we signed on today. And I wish I could tell you what it was. I think it was Pod Save America. It may have been with friends like these. I I don't remember. But they interviewed a, a journalist from the Phoenix New Times, which is an alternative newspaper in Phoenix. This woman said that there has been over $100 million paid out in various settlements and legal fees because of Joe Arpaio from the time that he was elected to the time that he was booted out of office. No surprise. Right. And she said that, you know, he's from a pretty conservative area area in Arizona, that they really didn't have any issues, generally speaking, with his racial politics, but that ultimately he it's was true. voted out be- because he just was too expensive for them to keep. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Which is just appalling. Yep. So, yeah, so this is the guy. This is the guy the president decided to shoot his first pardon on. Right. Well, so, and here's something I heard on Meet the Press this morning, which I thought was really interesting. I, I didn't catch who, who Chuck Todd was interviewing, but the guy basically said... This is Trump practicing the pardon, and this is Trump actually practicing the self-pardon. This is actually rehearsal for the self-pardon, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah. We'll talk about that when we talk about pardons, because I, I actually Googled, you know, can the president pardon himself? No! Well, so... Probably no! no. But let's, let's finish with... Sheriff Joe, before we go there. All right, what else on Sheriff Joe? I mean, um, the guy's an asshole. Well, so I just wanted to talk about some of the really gross things that he did, because I really want people to understand how horrible this guy is. And this you... is just a... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. This is uh, just a, a little bit. So, he, you know, racial profiling, we talked about that. Failure to investigate sex crimes. So while he was the sheriff, he failed to investigate... Something like, I think they said 40, maybe more, sex crimes. And part of it was that a number of the people who were victims were children of illegal immigrants. He's, yeah, so. he's been held up on allegations of corruption, abuse of power. He put together that tent city, which is where I first remember hearing about him. And, yeah. and he actually called it a concentration camp. And that was where he kind of held people outside of the law. And punish them by putting them on chain gangs, by trying to humiliate them. He withheld proper medical care. There, there was a woman who actually sued him because she had ended up having a stillborn child. And she alleges that she was not given medical care when she asked for it, that she knew there was something going wrong with her delivery. And they basically were like, there's nothing wrong. Suck it up. Squirt that baby out. Yeah. The other yep. thing, and, and, and he just practiced humiliation, like wouldn't give women menstrual pads, made them lay in their own menstrual blood. I mean, he just, ugh, just horrible, creepy, nasty, awful person. Yep. And he called his tent city a concentration camp. He did that. Yeah. The only other thing that... Oh, actually, there are two other things I wanted to say about our pile. See? See what happens when you give me something to research? <laughs> uh, okay. Okay, so this is another thing people need to know. He actually staged... He paid a guy to stage an assassination attempt against him in 1999. And it was basically... This guy's name was James Seville... He somehow or another tried to get Arpaio with a pipe bomb, but it, he was acquitted and it actually ultimately was exposed as a publicity stunt to boost Arpaio's bid for re-election. Seville went back and sued Maricopa County for $10 million and he actually got a $1.6 million settlement. So that's another $1.6 million for, for basically like messing up his life. Okay. I mean, I, yes, he participated in the staged assassination, so I'm not quite sure how he won. But thanks to Joe Arpaio's publicity stunt, Maricopa County paid out another $1.6 million to this guy who tried to blow him up with a pipe bomb, maybe, sort of. <laughs> right? So where does Trump come in? This is the last point I will make about Arpaio, I promise you. In March 2012... Joe Arpaio and his, quote, cold case posse held two news conferences announcing that they had investigated Barack Obama's birth certificate and it was a complicated computer generated forgery or generated forgery. Yeah. So that's kind of where he came into Trump's notice and became Trump's BFF. Yeah. And I mean, Trump, who cares nothing for the law. And nothing you know, for the little guy. Yeah, and thinks that thinks that Aparo, uh, you know, thinks that this guy's a good guy and, and deserves to be pardoned. Um, you know, in fact, American patriot. You know, he's not a patriot. He's a piece of shit. 
Again, I think people misunderstand what these words mean. <laughs> I do not think that word means what it thinks what you think it means. <laughs> right. Right. Well, so there are also people who are theorizing that this purpose, this purpose, this pardon serves the greater purpose of being a dog whistle, a racial dog whistle, racial political dog whistle. And that it also is like a message to people like Manafort and people like Kushner. Don't worry, I've got your back. I've got this pardon thing figured out. Right. I think that it's clear that he has sent a message, and I think it's intentional. Although, with Trump, you could argue who the fuck really knows. Right. But, <laughs> but here's, here's, it's that old question, right? What, what was worse about Iran-Contra with Reagan? The fact that he knew about it and it was covered up, or the fact that he truly didn't know anything about it? You know? And that's the problem we have with uh, with Trump. Yeah, we don't know how much he really understands. Right. You know. And this bullshit about, well, he wasn't, he's not a, a career politician, so of course he doesn't understand. Fuck you. You don't get to learn on the job as the president of the United States. Well, and he also has told us repeatedly that he's the smartest and the best, right? <laughs> Again, two words that I don't think mean <laughs> what he thinks they mean. <laughs> So I said I wasn't going to make any more points about Joe Arpaio, but this is actually a point about Trump couched in the guise of Joe Arpaio. He, so it's coming out, I, maybe yesterday, definitely this morning, that he actually asked Jeff Sessions early this spring if the DOJ could drop the federal case against Joe Arpaio. Right. And Jeff Sessions yeah. said, no, that would be inappropriate. So he's been, he's been thinking about this for a while. And he's been thinking about ways to circumvent things for a while. Right. Well, arguably, actually, he didn't circumvent anything, right? You know, I mean, this is the thing, is that the power, the presidential pardon power is pretty clear. He totally got to do this. Although there are allegations that I've heard, and I have to be honest, I can't substantiate them, that basically say, yeah, he can do this, but there's usually a way that pardons get done, and he didn't follow any of the typical guidelines for how to do a pardon. He didn't involve any of the typical agencies that, that vet pardons before they're actually given. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He did none of that, but none of that is prescribed by the Constitution as being a requirement. Very true, and I think that that's a perfect segue into just the power of the pardon, which is ultimately what we wanted to get at, right? Yeah, although it's a surprisingly small thing in the Constitution. So Section 2, Article 2, the president shall have power to grant reprieves and pardons for offenses against the United States, except in case cases of impeachment. Emphasis, my emphasis, except in cases of impeachment. <laughs> so you're right. I mean, basically, there. this is very, it's a small part of the Constitution. It's very general. And it's basically like, if there is a federal case against you, the president can pardon you. And you don't have to be convicted. He can pardon you oh, at and, any point. Right. Yeah. Let's be clear, right? That means if there's a case against you, if there was a case against you, if there's not a case against you yet. If there may never be a case against you, you can still be pardoned. And so going back to that paper, the um, Phoenix New Times, and yeah. it, I mean, granted, it's it's a liberal free weekly. So I'm just going to put that right out there. It was actually founded in res response to the Kent State shootings back in the 70s. Um, they wrote an article called Can He Do That? A How-To Guide for Presidential Pardons. And they wrote it the day after Trump hinted at pardoning Arpaio, yeah. but hadn't actually done it. Um, I thought this was really interesting. They describe the pardon as usually a, quote, absolution of sins, end quote, on a federal level. There doesn't have to be a reason. That's right. And they called it a free pass, a get out of jail free card. And basically it's an admission yeah, they were guilty, but, you know, it's okay. Right. And and the reason presidential power of the pardon is used infrequently and usually has years of research 
behind it before a president issues a pardon is so that it's clear that because you are absolving somebody of their sins, you feel that there is a reason to absolve them of their sins, you know. But you're acknowledging their sins, right? Right, right. You know, but again, none of this is none of this is a requirement, unfortunately. Um, yeah. So let's talk about controversial pardons for a minute. I mean, there's Gerald Ford pardoning Nixon. Clinton pardoned Frank Rich. And I heard somebody bashing Barack Obama for pardoning Chelsea Manning this morning on the news. So, oh, I mean, yeah. certainly there have been controversial pardons on both sides of the political fence. Right. Well, and, and arguably every pardon by its nature is controversial to somebody. But would you agree that this is the worst? No. No? No, would actually. You say, I... Would you say Nixon is the worst? Yeah, Nixon would probably be the one that uh, stands out as the as the big get out of jail free. Do you feel that way because his offenses were at least politically greater than Arpaio's? Arpaio was the sheriff of Maricopa County. But when you think about it, he impacted so many hundreds to thousands of people's lives. As compared to the president of the United right, States? Right, right, no. I mean, I understand that. That's why I'm asking the question. Yeah, yeah no, I just... You know, I find that I no, I, I absolutely don't think this is the worst pardon ever done. Uh, but you know, I mean, it's repulsive. It is truly repulsive. It's actually far more repulsive than Nixon being pardoned. I have to say, I agree with you, and I think it's just because of the political and racial overtones. And when yeah. I say political, I mean in the current political climate where you have a president who still is acting as an apologist for the alt-right. Right. And, you know, yeah, the Barack uh, took some heat rounds for the pardoning of Chelsea Manning. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm honestly surprised that they did that one, but, you know, again, the president's prerogative. Right. You know. But the difference... The difference, of course, is that, you know, he took his time and thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, I mean, I don't know that Trump really thinks deeply about anything, but it sounds like he's been thinking about it for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is that whole thing, right? You know, you were alluding earlier that, you know, there's this thought that, that Trump is going to pardon himself. But, I mean, I just don't see how that holds up. Well, so Chris Saliza interviewed a law professor, and I'm sorry, I didn't get the law professor's name, but this was a CNN interview, and he made some really interesting points. So he said, you know, on, on the one side, the Constitution does not expressly prohibit self-pardon. So there's nothing in the Constitution that says that Trump can't pardon himself. But he said, you know, on the stronger points, you know, there's the tradition that no one can be the judge in his own case. And, yeah. and if you're pardoning yourself, you're kind of acting as your own judge. And he said that there are also historical arguments that basically say that the framers didn't believe that the president could pardon himself. Right, because otherwise they would have put a king in, not a president. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and this is a really interesting kind of subtle thing, and I didn't realize this, but the, the Latin root of the word pardon actually comes from the idea of donating something. And this law professor said, you know, you can't donate to yourself. Which is a very subtle point, but I thought it was an interesting way to look at the idea of pardons. Right. You're basically giving a gift to someone when you pardon them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and here's, But here's the political stuff that this guy made the point on as well. And he said, you know, you have to think about optics. Okay, we already established that Donald Trump doesn't give a fuck about optics, but it also potentially even bigger provides grounds for his impeachment if he pardons himself, because pardoning himself could constitute a bribe. It could constitute obstruction of justice. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I think <laughs> I, I think that him trying to pardon himself would be a disaster uh, on several levels. I think the cabinet might even decide that this guy is actually fucking nuts and invoke the 25th Amendment, should you, he try to... Do you think so? Yeah, I mean, because it's nuts, right? I mean, it's just me talking off the top of my head. <laughs> the fuck do I know, but it's totally fucking nuts, right? You, you can't pardon yourself. You're not two people. You're not the royal we. 
Yeah. Nobody is above the law, and that includes the president. You know, that's why we have a mechanism for actually taking the president out. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't see anywhere where that's going to hold up. But, I th- you know, it's the whole thing, right? Is this guy going to quit? You know, is he going to get impeached? I mean, I think the I think the problem is is he's in a, a situation where he has to remain the president because he's going to have to pardon his kids if he doesn't want his kids going to jail at some point. At least his boys. <laughs> yeah, you know. So. And where is Tiffany Trump? God bless her soul. Good on her for staying out of this whole disaster. <laughs> who the fuck is it? I don't even know who Tiffany Trump is. Is that a daughter? Yeah, she's the never discussed daughter. She's the less pretty daughter. I hate uh, to be awful, but that is exactly the truth. Mm. Well, good for her for not being part of this shit show. Right? Did you, oh, you didn't see this either, but my phone now recognizes the word shit show. Oh, cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't even have to type the whole word anymore. Autocorrect recognizes shit show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which just tells you everything you know, need to know about 2017. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, anything else about pardons? No. <laughs> you know, the thing is, I mean, there's a, there, there is the accepted mechanisms for doing this. But like I said, none of them are requirements and that's unfortunate. Uh, So yeah, the president gets to do this and just piss everybody off in the, in the doing of it. I mean, you know, the thing is, I think, you know, come tomorrow, we'll start to hear lots of stuff from Trump about why this was the right thing to do and, you know, fuck all the rest of us for not understanding, you know, what a national treasure and hero uh. this fucker is, you know? Um, you know, the one thing I will say about Joe Arpaio is 85 fucking years old, you know? Yeah. We won't be dealing with him forever, you know? And I think, you know, it was another one of those moments where Donald Trump showed us who he is. Not that we haven't seen plenty about who he is, but it's just one more illuminating moment. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and again, I think some of it is also just distraction. Yeah, but. Well, and, you know, I mean, I, I think... It's true. We this showmanship distracts us from Russia. Russia is still happening. Mueller put out a bunch of subpoenas this week for for people who are close to Paul Manafort. Yeah. You know, it's still happening. We may not be thinking about it and talking about it, but it's still there. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's the thing is that again, we just have such a hard time keeping our eye on the ball because, you know, Trump. Shit show. Yeah. Trump and shit show that needs to be in the thesaurus now (laughs) you know and I mean you know actually I had suggested that we talk about Afghanistan because uh, of all the shit that Trump just said a week ago about us putting more troops into Afghanistan but by God we're not going to tell anybody how many troops we're putting in there Um, you know but that kind of fell out that's kind of fallen off the radar in the news cycle in just a week because you know racial riots and Trump. Well, and I think we probably do need to talk about it. Maybe we need to not let ourselves get distracted and talk about that next week because, you know, I saw something really disturbing after his speech about Afghanistan. Once again, the, oh, he successfully read from a teleprompter and didn't stray from message (laughs) and therefore he's very presidential. (laughs) And, oh, he's so presidential because he actually was able to admit that his position on Afghanistan when he was a candidate was ill-informed, and he's he's demonstrating that he can, he can actually change his mind. I Honestly, ill-informed still applies to all of his strategy. <sighs> yeah, know? I mean, you and I talked, we joked about it, you know, where empires go to die. Yeah, and... If you don't understand why, just look at Russia and then look at England and uh, and now look at us. Yeah. 
we keep getting ourselves fucked up over this really inconsequential piece of land. <laughs> I hate to say it that way, but it's true. That grows really good poppies. And, and you know, the problem is, and this is really what it comes down to now, I think the problem is there's a lot of rare earth they're finding in Afghanistan, you know, so they want to be able to mine it. Right. But then what, you know, I mean, Trump talked a little bit about that. And he talked a little bit about how we should be taking these rare minerals from Afghanistan and profiting, profiting from our time in Afghanistan. And it's like, okay, now you're completely proving exactly what the Taliban and ISIS and extreme groups like that say about us. We're really yeah, there out, just to be materialistic true. overlords. Yeah, it you turns know? out that it's true, right? We're just the latest, the latest incarnation of colonialism. Right. You know. Hmm. <laughs> surprise. Surprise, surprise. People actually have a legitimate gripe about the United States. Oh, my God. Now we're going to be in trouble just like Colin Kaepernick is in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't catch that one. That's the NFL former yeah, I, quarterback who who kneeled. Kaepernick. 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 I said it wrong. Yeah. Shows you how much football I watch. Yeah. Well, I'm interested yeah. in his cause, but not necessarily in him as a quarterback. So. <laughs> yeah. The Which I is... but I actually did hear a report the other day that said you know he's a decent quarterback. He could legitimately be second string. It's not inappropriate for him to be drafted. <laughs> Yeah, no, the thing the thing with Kaepernick is he's good enough to play in the NFL. The problem is is that you have to truly design your offense around Kaepernick and not the other way around. So So he's not quite that, good enough for people to overlook his politics. Yeah, I mean He's this not is Muhammad Ali. And Ali took a lot of shit for a long time. You I know? know, but he hadn't he had enough adoration to live through the shit. Yeah. You know, I mean it's just We are you know, all over the map today. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the thing, the thing, the thing is, if you go out and flaunt your politics, which again, you totally can. You know, I'm not saying you can't, but you know, you gotta kind of expect that there will be consequences, right? You know, true for it, all of us. Yeah, for Just all of us, much greater for someone who's in the public eye. Well, yeah, yeah, and if you are in the public eye. Uh, Say I don't know in sports, which tends to have a pretty conservative viewership. Um, you know, doing that kind of stuff might have some consequences. It goes back to the whole idea of you own what you say, and you yeah. have to be willing to own what you say. And I'm not no, saying I think, that he. I isn't. think he does. Yeah, I yeah, think, I think he, he totally owns does. it. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, and then I think you know the thing is, is it. It's unfortunate. The NFL has proved this time and time again. If you're good enough, you can be a shitbag like Terrell Owens and be in the league for several years. Before or Michael people... Vick. Right. You, know. you can be brought back to the league after you get out of prison. Yeah. Um, right. So, yeah. Fuck the NFL. <laughs> we are uh, all over the map. <laughs> Well, you know the the problem. The problem is, is that after two days of thinking about this whole thing with the presidential pardon, I'm faced with. I was faced with the reality that he's allowed to do it and fuck all of us, you know. Which is kind of the theme of his presidency, right? And it just it makes for a very uninspiring thirty minute segment. So we're all. <laughs> over the place. Well, and so I'm going to pose the question that the physician with whom I work posed to me, which is, what happens if we don't pay attention? That's a great question. I mean, answer. ultimately, and the answer is, if I individually, Diane in Alaska, don't pay attention, it's not going to change anything. And paying attention realistically isn't going to change anything. Right. Right. But I, I also I, have to admit, I, I would... With that. I would feel really horribly freaking guilty if I didn't have some sense of what's going on in this country, especially with things as being as ugly and divisive as they are right now. I agree. I feel like I, there is a certain amount of personal responsibility in having some awareness. Yeah, and I mean, we wouldn't have a podcast all, <laughs> otherwise either. Well, yeah. and I, you know, once again, so our Sunday morning civics lesson, I find, found myself 
reading the Constitution, which I really didn't even do in government classes in high school. Yeah, it's that's healthy. Reading the Constitution is healthy. I'm sorry it's taken this to get me there. Yep. Ah. (laughs) No, it's good. It's good. So, all right. Okay, a very very brief fuck that guy. Sure. Bannon's out. Gorka's out. We need to get Steve Miller out. I will not talk about this. I will not talk about. What what did the Joker ever do to you? I will talk about who Stephen Miller is during some other podcast when I have not yeah. waxed so boringly about Michael the Black Guy. Oh no, you were boring. It's just, uh, <laughs> the um, yeah, so so I mean, you know, it, it remains obvious that they're continuing to clean house in the White House. Uh, that Kelly maybe is having some impact, but you can't imagine going back to the pardon thing. You can't imagine that Kelly went. Oh yeah, that's a great idea, Mr. President. Right. You know, go ahead and pardon this racist fuckwad who was violating federal law and everything, who has served absolutely zero time. You know, sure, go ahead and pardon him. You well, won't have any problem. Red meat to the liberals and fire Sebastian Gorka, so it'll balance out, sort of. Yeah, the thing is, is that the thing is, is it doesn't balance out. Oh because, no, I don't think it does either. I'm just because thinking... nobody, no, nobody fucking cared about Gorka. Well, I mean, people he, like me and you did, but, you know. Shit, even I didn't care about Gorka. <laughs> you know, the only reason that guy got on it got on my radar is because everybody was talking about him one day, and I'm like, I don't know who the fuck that is. Okay, so now I do, and surprise, surprise, when an adult was actually let in the room, several of the children were sent to bed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the problem is you cannot send the Trumpster to bed. Right. You know, cause I, that's another thing too, man. I just like, dude, you need to like, just get some sleep. <laughs> Stop tweeting. Yeah. Drink some take, warm milk. Yeah. Just take a day off. Don't go play golf. I was just going to say, and golfing at your resort doesn't count. <laughs> right. No, just take a day and meditate on the job you actually have now. <laughs> yeah, and I, you're you're right, sir. You are the most awesomest Everest presidentist. <laughs> you know, and we just are all we're all there for you, especially when you're the fuck out. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> presidentist i like that oh man hey so what did you say that japanese phrase was that we were gonna title the podcast for shikataganai shikataganai tell everybody what it means what are you gonna do (laughs) which is ultimately the conclusion of this podcast right yeah yep shikataganai uh you know (sighs) i say that a lot these days (laughs) kind of Shikataganai kind of, Bolshe Agora. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, no, just, you know, kind of, kind of, it's a bit of a mantra, and I say it, and I calm down a little bit, and try to move on. You know, it's also what I'm going to be saying tonight while watching Game of Fucking Thrones. <laughs> See, you don't say that with the same enthusiasm that my sister says it. My sister's like, Game of Fucking Thrones, Game of Fucking Thrones, and you're like, <laughs> Game of fucking thrones. Yeah, well, you know. There are some of us who think that maybe the show jumped the shark, circled back around, went again. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, you know, the problem is I've got so much invested in it, right? I'm not quitting now. I know I'm not quitting now because I'm a fucking idiot. You know. And I'll wait out another year to see the last six episodes so I can be like the whole time, God, this sucks. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like me and Marnell hate watching Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah. We love watch The Walking Dead. We hate watch Fear the Walking Dead. (laughs) Oh. Oh, my God. Okay, so we're kind of getting out of the fuck that guy, but I do have to bring this up. So if you are watching Preacher... Sarah Palin hate tweeted Seth Rogen this week. 
So apparently in an, a, an episode that aired, I think this past week, and I'm not quite caught up. I'm a couple of episodes behind. There was a sex scene featuring Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, because 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 of know, the because of Grail pretty, Industries and all of that, and, preacher and and, right. and and Seth fucking Rogan, right? So <laughs> yeah. Sarah Palin was really angry and hate tweeted Seth Rogan. Now one million moms has gotten involved and they're trying to get AMC to cancel Preacher. So my sister's idea was we should open a GoFundMe to fund one million stick up the rectomies. <laughs> 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 but the thing the thing is is i i mean again if you're watching preacher you're you watching care preacher. about a little bit of blasphemy yeah yeah in fact you, you were expecting it uh if i mean because come on the the origin of the power that he's got is is blasphemous <laughs> blasphemous right you know and god is missing what and yeah. you know Oh, and to cover the fact that God is missing, we kidnapped some guy and shot him. <laughs> One of right. my more conservative friends was like, you have to admit they're going straight to hell. And I was like, oh, please. Number one, you've never watched it. Number two, no one is spared in Preacher. No one. And and nobody's going to hell because, you know. There is no hell. Right, you know. Although um, there's an awesome scene this this season in and hell. One. And it's broke. Well, and hell's broken most of the time right, too, right? right. As far as... <laughs> yes. <laughs> but know. there's a, there's a perfect line which I actually Marnell loves, and I think I'm going to do something like she listens to this. So I'm going to do something around that line. I'm not sure, but the line is, "This is hell. Act accordingly." <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, exactly. You know the. You know I'm. I'm okay with preacher. I think it could be better. Um, I but love I, it, but I have to admit the last few episodes have been really uneven. Yeah, and I'm just not a Seth Rogen fan, period. Uh, I I am intermittently, not hugely, but intermittently. Yeah, you know, but he's not he's not putting anything in here that that uh, that Dylan and and uh, Ennis didn't Ennis do didn't do originally, yeah. right? You know, and the thing is, is like, yeah, Sarah Palin, well. You're just not relevant anymore, anyway. Well, and so, I, I did. I tweeted back at Seth Rogen, and I was like, "You got Sarah Palin to hate tweet you. I love you even more." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, uh, in the words of uh, Robin Williams in "Death the Smoochie," in a in a country of fucking Neanderthals, I wear it as a badge of fucking. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, I don't know where, I don't know where this will hurt AMC. In fact, this will, if anything, this will probably get a few more preacher ratings. It yeah. will. I've, we've actually had people on our um, our preacher website say, "I think I might actually have to watch this now." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, with a show like Preacher, it is true. Any press is going to help. You know, good right? press, bad press, any press is going to help them. Because it's just an exposure thing. Yeah. So Hall of Honorable Mention, before we close out, and I'm going to take us to Texas. Um, so everybody knows that, that the hurricane swept in on Friday night, and especially Houston, Texas, is flooding horribly right now. We have yeah. a couple of good friends who live in Houston, so I just want to send good thoughts out to them. Absolutely. Um, Brene Brown, who is a, a social worker and a teacher and kind of a, a modern-day philosopher posted some stuff about living in Houston and some of the damage and posted a Red Cross link for donation. So I did go ahead and put that on the Facebook page for This Conversation Rocks so people could take a look at that and donate if they could. Um, what else? Oh, if you are a yarn whore like I am, <laughs> which there may be one or two people listening who are yarn whores, there is a store called Little Knits in Seattle, and they are donating all of today's proceeds to recovery efforts in Texas. So if you want to buy some yarn and help out Texas. Yeah. <laughs> that is a good thing, too. Um, Our Texas people are safe, right? Hannah is safe? Dallas, yeah. Okay. Yeah, every, I think everybody's fine up there. Okay. Um. Kasich says no on the unity ticket. Thank you. 
Although, God, he really is sounding like the adult in the room. I mean, I know that he is has some horrible positions, but I look at him when he goes on television, and I'm like, why couldn't the Republicans have voted for him? <laughs> uh, it's a... Uh... That's a good question. That's <laughs> a very good question. But yeah, for people who don't know, there's this r- really weird rumor going around that uh, Governor Kasich, Republican of Ohio, and Governor Hickenlooper, <laughs> Democrat of Colorado, uh, because they've been working on some bipartisan uh, issues, there was this rumor that they were going to run together in 2020. And it just, as a unity ticket, and it's like, this just doesn't make any sense. But it does sell you does tell you that we're still really sick of the Washington insiders and we're looking for anybody, you know, who's not part of the, truly part of the system. It's just sad. Well, and I will tell you that even though Alaska can be a completely jacked up mess, we had a unity ticket and it was better than what was offered nationally. (laughs) No, no, it's true. It's true. We ended up with Bill Walker, who I'm not ecstatic about and Byron Malott, who is a fairly liberal Democrat. So we, we ended up with an interesting compromise. Yeah. But you know, there were some real reasons to do that and stuff. But you know, in the, in the presidential politics, there's no way that either party would get behind such a thing. And the other thing is, the de- you know in this case they the rumor would be that the Democrat would be the vice president which is like so effectively which is exactly what happened in Alaska by the way yeah yeah and effectively effectively you have no power whatsoever so why are we doing this Mike Pence yeah <laughs> fuck it let's be, let's beat Pence let's beat Trump let's beat them all. Well, so, oh my God, I'm going to take us down the road again. And I know that you kind of wanted to try to wrap things up at a reasonable hour. But um, so Jim Wright, who writes as Stone Kettle Station, he is a, a military veteran from Alaska who writes some fairly incisive, somewhat left stuff, but mostly like, come on, Democrats, get your shit together kind of stuff, um, wrote today that basically... Yeah, the Republicans are completely fucking up this year, and they're disgusting, and Donald Trump's disgusting, and most of them won't disavow him. But the Repub- but the Democrats are still in the political darkness. We have no plan for 2008. Yeah. Well, more importantly, no plan for 2018. Or that's what I meant, 2018, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we did have a plan in 2008, and Barack Obama won, but we pissed yeah. it all away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, All right. Okay, I'm tired. I can't keep dates in my head. So, um Little Knits and Red Cross if you want to support people in the Texas hurricane recovery uh next week or 2 weeks from now we're going to talk about Afghanistan. Or did we say everything we wanted to say about Afghanistan? <laughs> I don't know. Or are we'll, we going to we'll... feel it out depending on what kind of shit show is going on? Right, yeah, you know. <laughs> Find out. Let's find out what's going on this week. God. Uh, All right. Oh, and everybody, Uh, um, Todd did post our impeachment episode today, so enjoy that. Yep. So, all right. uh, Neil Gaiman, of course. Neil Gaiman. Um, Right, take take it out. So, I have to find it. I've got it up on my computer. Okay, Neil Gaiman on political correctness. Which I actually thought was kind of appropriate, considering that's supposedly the reason that we elected Donald Trump, because people are sick of political correctness. I was reading a book about interjections, oddly enough, yesterday, which included the phrase, in these days of political correctness, talking about no longer making jokes that denigrated people for their culture or the color of their skin. And I thought, that's not actually anything to do with political correctness. That's just treating other people with respect. Which made right. me oddly happy. I started imagining a world in which we replaced the phrase politically correct wherever we could with treating other people with respect. And it made me smile. You should try it. It's peculiarly enlightening. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, oh my god, that's treating other people with respect gone mad. <laughs> exactly. Isn't that awesome? It is. Yeah, because... <laughs> oh... I thought that was kind of the perfect quote to sum up sum up talking about Michael the Black Man and Joe Arpaio. Yeah, I think that's awesome because we really should be 
treating uh, other people with respect. With respect. <laughs> you know. And and honestly, how is that ever a bad thing, mm-hmm. right? I, I, I mean, that's always been my problem with a lot of the concept of political correctness, which is so basically what you're arguing is it's all it's it should be okay to say really nasty shit about people for right. no particular reason. Right. When you when you blow something off as just being politically correct, you are making excuses for bad behavior. Yep. And uh, I go back to racism is stupid because there are plenty of reasons to hate people. <laughs> And I'm just going to say, depending on where you're at in your Buddhist leanings or not, it may be okay to punch a Nazi. It may not be, but it's always okay to stand up against Nazis in whatever way you determine appropriate. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Everybody have a good week. All right. Everybody take good care and we'll yammer at you soon. (laughs) Absolutely. Girl, please. Woman needs a wedding ring